the title is I'm calling it Hindrance to Prayer. And I choosing a passage to read, which I kind of think is surprised me that I ended up on this passage. But anyway, it's from First Peter 3, verse 7 to 12. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of grace, of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Finally, be of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise, blessing, knowing that ye are there unto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensure it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. So again, the admonition here to family members and so forth and people in the congregation, the hindrance to prayer I found interesting was in a family context, but it obviously relates to all um, walks in our interaction, but the emphasis being the two verses, verse 7, First Peter 3, verse 7, that it says at the end, as unto the weaker vessel as being heirs together of the grace of life, but this part, that your prayers be not hindered. And again, verse 12, where it says that the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and these ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. So there the emphasis that prayers can be hindered by our disobedient. And uh, a reminder I thought would be good to contrast the Old Testament, that very familiar passage, if you read the Old Testament, of how in the, as, as it says there in Deuteronomy eleven twenty six to 28. Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. And part of verse 7, a blessing if you obey the commandments. And to skip to the 28, and a curse if you obey not the commandments for brevity. So here, again, was the emphasis even in the Old Testament that there is a blessing for obedience and disobedience did not come without its cost. And for us who are seeking to uh, seeking the Lord in prayer and for our help in reviving, I thought it was good emphasis to remind ourselves that there are responsibilities in our walk before the Lord. We can come and pray. We don't know always why there's delays, but some of them may sometimes be even unbeknownst to us in ignorance or whatever it might be that is disobedience of some things and i had here written just regarding the text that i just read in deuteronomy it says as we call on god for help blessing and overcoming power and reviving we must remember god's principle of obedience and blessing
in cautioning um, against that wrong idea, and I must confess that the greater part of my early life uh, fallen into or even began from the very beginning with that problem I would call easy believism or cheap grace. So this is a caution against that as well. Uh, that the, the idea that we're saved by grace, so man's responsibility is not so important. Very dangerous, very detrimental for growth and going on. And it also, as I've learned in having doubts, looking at the lack of fruit, very big problem to ourselves. We may come at times wondering, where are we with the Lord? Maybe not even saved. A horrible thought when you actually believe there is a hell and then sinking in your thought and looking, as in my case, lack of fruit, wondering, oh no, to be without the Lord and to be in torment forever. Unimaginable. So this is, again, an encouragement for that. And I just want to list a couple of verses that warn against this and remind us of our responsibility to God. And that'd be Second Peter chapter 1, verse 10. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. And another one in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. Take heed unto yourself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in the doing this, and again, the idea of doing, doing this, thou shalt be both saved thyself and them that hear thee. So here's a, another passage that emphasizes the responsibility of men. Grace is by God, but he has called us unto holiness and the consecrated life. So there's a responsibility to be emphasized again with the first topic or the heading I have against our prayers. There could be hindrances to prayers. And that's another aspect. That last verse, I want to maybe make a comment by the way that even though it says doing this thou shalt both save thyself as paul says to timothy and them they hear thee it's a difficult passage particularly when you think of systematic theologies and calvinism obviously is the one coming to mind we are saved by god's grace but i would emphasize that in the scripture scripture was here before systematic theologies and there may be aspects because of systematic theology, we may put things in boxes and not to our own detriment. The Bible both speaks of man's responsibility and of God's grace and his being the active force and saving grace. But they're both there. So in that sense, we have to consider that there are aspects, if you want to call it, in Calvinism and Arminism that are in the scripture. Therefore, not to totally toss one out with the other as we say, with the baby with the bathwater. Anyway, that was just a kind of a thing as I learned along the way that was helpful. And uh, to that I wrote here, God saves, he opens the eyes, but his word also teaches that it is incumbent and that we are obliged to obey the light of the word when he gives us the light. Um, have the next comment here. Watch the time. Call back to First Peter um, three seven that I started with. Seek God for needs and blessing, 
but always be diligent in obedience because those two go together. If we want to call on God, we must come in, in faith and in the word I was thinking of is in, in as when you do partners or bartering or business dealings, I was thinking of even uh, in union situation, we must be dealing with God in good faith in that we are doing everything that we know that we've heard and are responsible to God. And here's the verse I was going to mention along that line that kind of emphasized that to me. Mark 3. Verse 35, for whosoever shall do the will of the Lord, of God, the same is my brother and my sister and my mother. Jesus said to those who, when he was pointed out that his family was looking for his attention. So here again, there's an emphasis on doing the will of God. And then James, same thing, chapter 1, 20, verse 22. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And to add a couple, to emphasize this couple of parables that reminded me of this is the five wise and the five foolish virgins that there was uh, the, the two uh, kinds, if you want to call it, that there was a difference between the two. And one of them watched, if you will. And I was thinking as I read it, watched and prayed and was uh, preparing themselves. In other words, maintaining their walk and their relationship with God. That was the important aspect, that not to be careless and to just think because I'm in the house of God and I'm a member or whatever it might be that I'm moral and so forth. But there is a communion and a daily walking and therefore a responsibility back and forth is two cannot walk unless they agree. And if we're to have a communion with the Lord, we must walk responsibly and do take things with the full weight that they come to us through the scripture. If we expect to have God to, to bless us and hear us and so forth, we cannot offend him or offend the Holy Spirit. And uh, one more parable, the Lord giving, um, in the parable, the Lord said of a Lord who gave out five talents to one, two talents to another, and the one talent to the last. In Matthew 25, 14 to 30. And uh, that was, again, emphasized that the last one, the one with the one who put it away, who was sloven, who did not do his responsibilities, knowing if he loved his Lord, that the Lord would, would be his interest to receive of what God gave to him for us again to turn back whatever God gives us to not give him if you will half his measure or half-heartedness I guess it's the word that sounds more it reminds me of the idea that we have to live to the Lord fully and uh, son of man here I'm going by points now because I kind of jumped around on my own notes Son of man sitting on the throne. Oh, yes, this is not so much a parable, but it's another idea that when Christ comes, he says and spoke that he was sit, he would be sitting on the throne of glory, dividing sheep from the goats. And that's what made the difference that the, those who gave or did not give between the sheep and the goats. In other words, the food, the, the hungry, 
the drink for those who are thirsty, those that had no lodging, there were strangers in the streets, and those that were naked, and that they're given clothing, and that those who were sick or in prison, that they were visited. So again, the emphasis on a doing, not just thinking, well, I believe this, and then carrying on without a thought. Almost like the idea that James says, what good is it if you have one who's poor and hungry and you bid him Godspeed and God's blessing on him, but you don't do anything about it yourself when it's in your power. And last, referring back, um, uh, application rather, a call to keep watching is what this tells us, that part of our work and our responsibility is to watch and be praying. And that's, I guess, the tie back to our prayer, the idea of our prayer and our need to be faithful to the Lord, to be diligent and to watch. And that's why I was encouraged by this week or daily prayer that it helps me that when my praying throughout the day doesn't always be carried out as fully or as regularly as it should, that the daily prayers have been helpful to help me to pray more. And in doing that, I feel that it's helped me to keep my mind focused on God and the eternal things. So the idea here to keep watching and to keep praying, and as the Ten Virgins idea of that reminds me of, of keep being prepared, always being not resting on our laurels, but always be wanting to do everything we can for the Lord each day, knowing this is borrowed time and to, uh, to be prepared, to walk, to be as they were the five that were foolish were caught off guard without oil. They were not prepared for what was apt to come, which they knew as they waited for the Lord. And I'll just read now uh, verses that remind me of this, for this being my application, if you will, or summing up. Luke 12, 35 and 36, verses 35. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning, and ye yourselves like unto men that wait for the Lord, when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. And another in Luke um, 21, verse 34. Uh, to 36, and take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting or um, overdoing things. It was a word I had in mind, but it dropped away. But anyway, to overindulge, I guess, with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life, which is another thing we have to watch, and the cares of this life, and so that they come upon you unawares referring to the Lord, again, to that uh, idea of him returning as he's given us leave and responsibilities that we not be caught off guard. It has to be continual and ongoing. And the last two verses of that, for as a snare shall it come upon all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth, watch ye therefore. And again, these ideas of prayer, therefore, sorry, watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape these things that shall come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. Thank you.